Weekly Spiral Podcast. This is episode 109. My name is not Cyrus. My name is Matt Dorgan. Joined with my co-host, Casey Soley, the man who usually you hear do this intro, Cyrus, is out today. Obligations, of course, took him 108 weeks, but, you know, he finally had to take a day off. We're all good here, though. Um, Casey, how are you doing? I'm doing well, man. The Iron Man streak is broken. Our 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 hearts go out to Cyrus. We know, you know, he he wants to be here and to have the streak broken. This this at this point in the season, you know, maybe it's a little bit of a hangover from from Sunday, a <laughs> tough match against the 49ers. Maybe I'll be experiencing that next week as as the Packers <laughs> play the 49ers. Um, but uh, he'll be back soon next week, probably, and and uh, back in back in the fold. But I'm excited. The Packers finally won. They didn't look fantastic, but they played one really good half of football, and that's 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 something to to start with. But uh, a few good games, especially the afternoon games, were pretty good last week. And uh, excited to talk some some big games this week. How you doing? I'm I'm doing good. I mean, I told Cyrus that you know he woke the bear. He said that the Eagles defensive line was better than Niners, and I said Nick Bosa would go off, and look what happened. And now he has nightmares. He's seeing ghosts now. He's seen. You know. <laughs> hey, it's true. The Eagles but, defensive line did play very well, though. Overall, the, the Eagles defense actually stood up. I, I yes. didn't think they would play as strongly as as they did. I actually didn't think it was going to be that much of a defensive matchup. But, uh. <laughs> it was the opposite of what I thought it was going to be. But hey, yeah. a win to win, so I'm happy with that. Uh, speaking of winners and losers, let's get right into it. And I'll start with my winner of the week. And it brings me great joy to say this, but Sam Darnold is back. The winner this week in my eyes are the Panthers. Uh, 2-0, and they look really good. I mean, the first week they beat the Jets, who, they're the Jets. They might be the worst team in the league. Um, but they beat a Saints team that destroyed your Packers the week before. And I don't think the Saints we saw week one will be the Saints we see from now on. But still, they beat them pretty badly. And their defense is looking a lot better. Uh, shutting down that Saints offense. Uh, Chris McCaffrey looks good out of the backfield and receiving-wise. DJ Moore looks like a number one receiver. Uh, Joe Brady, I mean, I see your guy as well. I love him. He's going to be a hot head coach candidate this offseason, both college and NFL. So he's going to have his pick of you know, the litter. Anywhere he wants to go, he's going to go there. Uh, and look at their schedule. They play the terrible Texans this week. And their schedule, I think they can start this year off 6-2. and two. I'm not saying they will. But I think they can start off at that point. It gets a little tougher in the second half of the year. But if they can, you know, go five and three even, put themselves in the playoff race, this is a team that you don't want to face on offense or on defense now. So Matt Rule is doing a great job in Carolina, and I'm pumped for Sam Darnold to finally have a competent organization to trust him. And he looks maybe like Ryan Tannehill 2.0. I don't know, too early to tell, but he looks pretty good so far. Yeah, he does, and he's not. He hasn't been asked to do any wild, crazy things. Like he's running the offense and doing what he needs to do, to distributing the ball, especially to the the talented skill guys they have there in Carolina. Helps a lot to have Christian McCaffrey back, but like you mentioned, DJ Moore and and Robbie Anderson are, are weapons outside. And if you can just get those guys the ball, add in Terrace Marshall and and some of those supplementary pieces, and you've got an offense that's difficult to cover and and uh can exploit mismatches and, and all that kind of stuff but really impressed with the defense i mean they they showed up they're they're super young remember two years ago they went all defense in their draft so they were super young on defense and trying to recapture some of that uh elite defense they had when they were going to the super bowl with cam newton and uh it seems like they have started to do that so awesome to see for the panthers they're they're right in the thick of it and uh you know, maybe they're going to be the one competing for the wild card in that division with the the Saints and uh, 
pushing some some teams and, and making some noise. So um, big fan of Joe Brady. Like you said, he's going to have his options when when the season is over. And uh, overall, pretty impressed with the with the Panthers. It'll it'll be fun to to, to watch them get going. And if they can start clicking towards the the back end of the season, it'll it'll be pretty exciting to watch. Yeah, and you know, by no means will they push for a division title this year. As long as Tom Brady's in Tampa, that that is their division to lose. But at this point, it's very fair to say they're the second best team in that division. So like you said, they're in that wild card hunt, in that race. And being the Saints, a very important tiebreaker to have. Even though they play them again this year, that's still good to have. So things are good looking good in Carolina. It's been a tough few years for them, but they look to be on the right path uh, for the present, also for the future. Uh, so Casey, what is your winner of the week? For sure, I, I got the Raiders, man. That they they've beaten two playoff hopeful, hopefuls in a row here now with the the Ravens and the Steelers, and, the, and they looked pretty good doing it. A little bit imbalanced, but who would have thought Derek Carr throwing <laughs> dealing, man, throwing Not dimes me. all over the place. He had a rough first half against the Ravens, and then since then he's been kind of on fire. Uh, so now they have two tiebreakers against those two AFC playoff hopefuls, and. Uh, they're, they're really staring down the barrel of playoff team number three in the Miami Dolphins who aren't going to have Tua at quarterback this week. So the the first three weeks here are, are against playoff potential teams and to potentially win all three of those is, is going to be huge for them. Um, now they've faltered down the stretch in the past and, and hopefully that, that doesn't happen for them. But, uh, you know, the, the burden has really been on Derek Carr. The, the run game hasn't been there. Josh Jacobs has been beat up. Um, but they've found ways to win. The defense has started to show up a little bit. Uh, Max Crosby playing really well. Yannick Ngakwe. Uh, they have some some stuff that you got to be worried about now. Even though they're they're still a little shaky in the secondary, but um, you know they they showed up. They played well. Um, Derek Carr put up 382 yards and two touchdowns. And if the defense continues to show up, there there's a lot to like about this Raiders team, especially when Josh Jacobs gets healthy and, and the run game gets going again too. I have been the biggest Raider hater my entire life, and even I am impressed with this team right now. Uh, like you said, Derek Carr, the last six quarters, is probably the best ball he's played since his what, 2015 season where he was a legit MVP candidate before getting hurt and you know, them losing the playoffs with like their third-string quarterback. But they look very good with two against two uh, very good teams. And Pittsburgh, as much as you know they aren't the Pittsburgh Steelers of the past, it is very tough to win. There, I mean, that crowd gets rocking. They get going, sure. and they beat them. You know, you know, it wasn't it was a close game, but it wasn't. I don't think at the end they were not like you know pressured to do anything like the Niners were against the Eagles. So props to them. Um, on the same path as Carr, I I am writing a article next week on WeeklySpot.com talking about uh, buying and selling these hot starts for some of these players. And I'm not a hater when I say I'm selling Carr's you know hot start because right now he is leading the league in passing. That's not going to happen over a 17-game schedule. Eventually, the Raiders will get back to their identity, running the ball with Kenyon Drake and Josh Jacobs. But the fact that they're showing that they can beat you in multiple ways is crazy. That, that has just not been the Raiders' MO under Gruden. It's been, we're going to run the ball, hold up the ball, not let your offense be on the field, and kind of see what happens and squeak by with a win. Also, their defense has been pretty crappy the last few years, and this year, they look much improved. Uh, their offensive line, you mentioned those two guys. Solomon Thomas had two sacks on Sunday. Solomon Thomas never had two sack games in four years with the Niners. So <laughs> I am very jealous about that. But they look pretty good right now. And if they can win this week, like gets Miami, like you said, um, without Tua, who knows how they're going to look. 
That is three huge wins all out of their division, too. So their division will be a, a mm-hmm. t- very tough. I mean, you have the Chargers, who look good. Chiefs, they lost this week, but they look good. And the Broncos, who are probably the worst team in the division, and they're 2-0. and So that's going to be a bloodbath. So you need to rack up all these non-division wins uh, every single week, and they're doing a great job of that. So props to them and to the Las Vegas Raiders. Something about that Las, Las Vegas luck is uh, getting them going. Yeah, for sure. Both the West divisions look really good right now. So these tiebreakers are going to be powerful later on in the season for sure. But uh, let's move on to our losers. Who's your loser of the week? Well, we're going up to the north for my loser, and I'm going with the Minnesota Vikings. And this is a brutal loss. They've had two brutal losses this year. Uh, This one, they lined it up to get a last-second field goal. I think it was 39 yards, which every NFL kicker should make under a 40-yard field goal, and he missed it. And they should have, they were you know, beating the Cardinals pretty handily early. Connor worked his magic, got them back ahead, but they should have won this game, the Vikings. And they should have won before that against the Bengals, but they didn't. And now this week they play the Seahawks, and then the week after that, they play the Browns. So you're realistically looking at an 0-4 start. And I don't think the NFC North is that great this year, um, the best team is by far the Packers, who have looked up and down, as we talked about earlier. Um, the Bears, I mean, they're starting Justin Fields this week. Finally, good for them. But they don't appear to be, you know, a real contender. And then the Lions, who try very hard but have no talent. So uh, they need to start racking up some wins at some point. Uh, their offense, I think, looks fine. David Cook got a little banged up, but their defense needs to turn it around uh, at some point, especially in the secondary uh, back-to-back weeks where they haven't shown up. Luckily, their coaching is A-plus level, in my opinion. I love Zimmer. But if he doesn't win this year, his, his he's on the hot seat. He's been there for a long time. Not much playoff success. they got to figure something out. Uh, but they need to split one of these next two weeks against teams who have Super Bowl aspirations, like I said, with the Seahawks and Browns. It's going to be a tough stretch for them. Yeah, and I think Zimmer might be having an aneurysm even as we speak, thinking about all the field goal misses oh, that uh, his team has had, like the special teams and, and clutch field goals that they've missed in the playoffs against the Seahawks and multiple other times. Uh, it's it's piling up for, for the Vikings. So I would say I feel for them, but I don't like the Vikings, so I don't feel for them. And, uh, you know, they're playing well. Kirk Cousins has been playing really well, too. Like Dalvin Cook was Great. was yeah. chunking people, and, and they were they were moving the ball really well and put themselves in a good position and uh, didn't uh, didn't have the kicker follow through and, and finish the game for them. But, um, you know, they, they look like a competitive team that's just had a couple bad breaks. So they need a couple breaks to, to mm-hmm. go their way. Otherwise, they're, they're going to get in a hole that it's going to be tough to get out of. And that, that was sort of the case last year, too. They started pretty slow uh, and then made a late season push, but it was just too late, especially with all the, the talented teams in the NFC. So um, we'll see what happens. But uh, they're going to have to string together a few wins and, and yeah. climb, climb their way back in for sure. One quick point I want to make, probably a great point about special teams. Special teams is such an overlooked part of the game. And fans, you know, I think I've been a victim of this complaint where they don't hear about their special teams. You know, why is our kick returner not doing this? Our punt returner, why is our punter not getting, mm-hmm. you know, pinned him in the five yard every time? The less you hear about your special teams, the better off you are. You want to be sound in those aspects of the game. But if you're hearing more about my kicker missing, uh, my punter having, you know, dropping a snap or causing a penalty, you don't want to hear that. 
you just wanted your special teams to be okay and good enough and make the kicks when it matters. And right now, the Vikings are not doing that at all. Yeah, uh, it's sort of like uh, corners. If you don't hear your yep. corner's name, that means they're probably it's doing a, a pretty thing. good job. Same, Same with offensive with line. Teams. And offensive yep. lines, too. Yeah, you don't don't exactly. want to hear their names. Exactly, exactly. Um, but I'll, I'll switch to, to my loser, and, and we already sort of mentioned them a couple times, but it's the Dolphins. And with Tua going out, uh, that's got to be a huge concern because they scored zero a big old goose egg against the Bills' defense with Jacoby Brissett in at quarterback. And uh, they only mustered 216 yards of offense, and the Bills' defense isn't that good. Like, they, they put... Uh, uh, a good showing against the Steelers last week, and and you know they're they're an average defense, but um, they're not good enough to only hold the Dolphins to 216 yards. Um, so despite having dudes with with speed, with Waddle and Albert Wilson and uh, Devonte Parker, like Will Fuller still isn't out there, and and we don't really know the, the full extent of that, but. Um, you would expect them to be able to perform a little bit better. And, and the big issue is uh, the quarterback position now and the offensive line. Like uh, Jacoby Brissett had 2.7 uh, intended air yards on the day. And for reference, Sam Darnold, your dude, had 6.9. And that's about average. Like yep. you, you generally you're going to attempt yards or passes about seven yards down the field. And to, to be attempting at 2.7 uh, is not good. You know, a, a defense isn't going to respect that. The, the field is going to collapse and condense. And it's going to be t- very tough to sort of sustain drives and get any yard after catch opportunities. So. Uh, they got to find a way to stretch out the field and and uh, move the ball downfield because they just don't have the guys up front to have a power run game and, and win against stacked boxes. So uh, not a great start for a team that I thought was going to be legit contenders. Um, they eked out a win against the, the Patriots, and that, that may loom large, but uh, still seems like the Bills are the cream of the crop in the AFC East and... Uh, you know that was sort of their message of like hey we're, we're still the dudes we know you got a lot of hype but uh <laughs> the bills are still the guy, the team to beat here this is our division now uh and you're gonna have to go through us to get there so uh dolphins have some work to do and uh you know your, your defense is only going to be as good as your offense lets it be if you can't string together drives and you're going three and out eventually even if you're scheming everything up if you're brian flores on defense like your defense is just gonna it's going to gas out and it's going to collapse at one point and, and the floodgates are, are kind of going to open. Yeah, two injury is huge. But when you think about backup quarterbacks, Jacoby Brissett has to be one of the better options. I mean, don't get me wrong. I'm not saying he's a star quality, but you should be able to put up more than zero points against the Bills with Jacoby Brissett. Uh, he, he's going to be, I think, okay long term. But you have to find creative ways to move the ball because they don't have a strong running game. Uh, they, the running backs, I mean, they're all replacement level players and their offensive line, like you mentioned, has been playing terrible. Uh, the Bengals offensive line, which is kind of seen as the worst or one of the worst, the Miami Dolphins have given up double the amount of pressure so far this season than the Bengals. And it's not like Joe Burrow is running around back there. So they have to figure that out and figure that out fast. Uh, and the Raiders, we just talked about it, their defensive line is playing pretty good so far. So they're going to bring the heat on Sunday and force Brissett to throw the ball short and you know, make them sure that they can make the tackles uh, in front of the sticks. Uh, they will have Will Fuller back this week, I assume. He's back in practice, so I hope so. But he's a guy where you're going to throw the ball to him maybe three or four times a game, but you're going to throw the ball to him deep down the field. And you need time for to happen. So mm-hmm. it's going to be interesting. Um, I'm not saying Sunday's a must-win for them. 
because it's so early in the year. But they got to show something. They, they can't get blown out again. Um, and even the Bills, I mean, they blew them out 35-0, and Josh Allen didn't play that good. It could have been a lot worse. So they have to figure something out, figure something out fast. Luckily, Brian Flores is one of the better coaches in the league. So I think they will. Um, it's an offensive scheme. They got to figure something out um, to work with Brissett's strengths and also kind of cover up the weaknesses they have as an entire unit. Yes, not an easy road. It, you know, Brissett is not the the most mobile of guys. He's he's fine, but I wouldn't think of him yeah. as a rollout or a boot kind of quarterback. And the easiest solution to a, a leaky offensive line is to get your your quarterback on the move by design and, and create some of that rollout stuff. But uh, we'll see how they develop. So um, that'll be a, a good game to to keep an eye on this week for sure. Yes, yes, it will be. And as we talk about games, look forward to we move to our games of the week, starting first with the. Los Angeles, I almost said San Diego, Chargers <laughs> versus the Chiefs. Uh, personally, I'm going to pick the Chiefs 31-28. Uh, the Chiefs are coming off of a loss that, once again, they kind of beat themselves with uh, Edwards Elair's fumble at the end. Uh, but their defense looks pretty freaking bad right now. And Lamar Jackson you know, ran all over them. He turned the ball over twice in the first half, and they were still able to come back and move the ball with relative ease. Uh, but the Chargers offense kind of disappointed me so far. Uh, they didn't look great against Washington week one. I'm like, okay, Washington's good defense. I get it. And then they struggled against the Cowboys, who last year had one of the worst defenses in the league by you know, considerable amount. They were pretty bad. Looked better this year, but that doesn't mean that they should not be moving the ball and scoring. You know, they had some questionable calls go against them. So I'm not off the Chargers bandwagon yet and Justin Herbert's bandwagon yet. But I'm not on it to the point where I'm going to pick them over the Chiefs. Uh, I think Chiefs eat this one out, and they don't lose back-to-back games as well. So 31-28, Chiefs. I'm going to be the contrarian this week. I'm picking some underdogs. So I'm going with the Chargers. And, uh, you know, the the Chargers love those close games. Whether they win or lose, they like being in them. And uh, I think this is going to be another one where uh, if you have the ball last, you're going to have an opportunity to win. And that was kind of the case with the Chiefs and the Ravens. last week and and i thought for sure when the chiefs got the ball back i was like oh well it's it's over like there's way too much time mm-hmm. mahomes is just going to go down and score and you know if that's what you get for taking the ball out of mahomes's hands and putting it into someone else's uh but uh overall i'm relatively impressed with the chargers they played worse in week two than i, I think they did in week one but um there's some encouraging things the defense is, is starting to come along and, and find its its rhythm they they had some struggles for stretches against dallas but some brutal brutal penalties and and um series of events for for the Chargers against dallas with the illegal shifts and then the in the grasp call against justin herbert and that took mm-hmm. a, a touchdown away and and some stuff like that happened to a n- numerous times some holding calls and uh took away big plays so they can just cut that stuff down it, it you know they're, they're gonna have an opportunity you you, you kind of can't beat yourself when you're playing the chiefs um and they have the firepower they they've been tapping into mike williams and keenan allen in a big way and uh austin eckler is healthy and, and doing things so uh, i'm optimistic that the chargers are, are going to be able to go blow for blow with the with the chiefs and and if they have the ball last i like them to win 34 to 30 man if the chiefs do lose this game the talks radio shows and the ESPNs of the world are going to go absolutely crazy. So I kind of hope you're right. I, I have no dog in this race, but I, I kind of hope you're right. I just want maximum chaos. In the NFL. Yes. 
Uh, yeah. Anything to deflect attention away from <laughs> Aaron Rodgers and that drama, I'm here for it. So. That's fair. That's fair. All right, now I move to our next game, which is the Patriots and the Saints. Uh, for me, this is kind of like a fork-in-the-road game. And while they're not in the same conference, both these teams are 1-1, and no one really knows what to make of them. Uh, the Patriots so far have looked okay, uh, but they're not you know, moving the ball great on offense, in my opinion. I look on defense, and the Saints, they went from looking like world beaters week one to crap week two. Uh, but give me the Patriots this game, 27-21. Uh, ultimately, I think the Patriots' defense is the best unit on either side. Uh, and they're playing very well. J.C. Jackson is turning into a ball hawk uh, out of nowhere, really. So he's a legit corner. Uh, I think he's going to pick off Jameis Winston, or he might not, but Stephon Gilmore will. And Mac Jones looks like the best rookie quarterback so far. And it, kind of by default, because we're playing so bad. But he's taking care of the ball. He's getting the ball out to his playmakers early and they're running the ball decently well uh, the saints you can't predict them so that's why i gotta go with the patriots um it's gonna be close i think with the 27 21 score uh, but don't expect crazy fireworks on either side yeah both defenses have have come to play and mac jones already looks like kind of mid-career andy dalton at this yes. point and that's that's not an indictment on him that's like fine. as a rookie if you're looking like that that's that's fantastic and uh, you know the the ceiling is is definitely there to to grow and and you know Brady wasn't necessarily lighting the world on fire when he started with the Patriots nope. either like he was more of a game manager just make the passes that you need to make run the offense and and will matriculate the ball downfield and play great defense and that's kind of the formula that the the Patriots seem to have this year uh, that defense has come to play and and they're they're playing well uh belichick has things schemed up and and to no surprise he ruined little zach wilson's life because he's a rookie Gosh. quarterback and that's what bill belichick does so um we'll see if he can do the same against Jameis. i think we'll, we'll probably see some like week 1.5 Jameis for the rest yes. of the year not necessarily week one or week two where he's complete ass or fantastic we'll, we'll see something in, in between there but uh the patriots are going to be a tough game for them um, I expect a pretty low-scoring game just based on the way the, the offenses operate and, and the defensive talent that that's on the field for both sides. So uh, ultimately, I got the Patriots pulling this one out 20-14 to 14 in the end. Yeah, it might not be the prettiest game, but it is a very important game. Nonetheless, um, this game I think will be a lot prettier. It's going to be the Bucks versus the Rams in Los Angeles. Uh, it's Tom Brady's first game in L.A., but it's not going to have a Hollywood ending. Give me the Rams, 30-24. Uh, this is, I think, the game of the week, maybe the game of the year, to be honest, in terms of this is a likely NFC championship matchup. Uh, the Rams are a strong team. They didn't look great against the Colts, but they're still a pretty good team. And can we actually point out really quickly how Jared Goff doesn't look terrible without Sean McVay, and everyone wanted to write off Jared Goff so quickly because he wasn't with McVay anymore. Boy Wonder, who knew everything. Granted, I mean... <laughs> Matt Stafford looks a lot better, but I'm just saying I wanted to point that out and give Jared Loft some love because nobody else will. Um, but yeah, Stafford. Yeah, I, like, I like Jared Goff. Yeah, he's, he, I mean, he's still kind of same old where you get pressure on him, he's going to falter. But yeah. that first half, he, he is looked, what he is. But he looked very good in that first half against the Packers. I mean, I'm not saying Packers yeah, defense is you know, a lot great, but like he was making some good throws. Um, he was. But I digress. Uh, Stafford, he has that ability to stretch the field, though, which. The defense have to respect. Therefore, things underneath are still open, and even more open than they were in the past uh, with Goff as the quarterback. And um, their offensive line is playing very well. 
And, you know, you still have the two of the best defenders in the league with Ramsey and Donald on opposite side. If it was was in Tampa, I might be picking the Bucs. Antonio Brown also up this game, likely, with COVID. Um, He, guess, in theory, could come back if it's a, you know, false positive or something like that. But you you can't, at this point, bet on that happening. Um, The Rams' defense, I think, is slightly better than the Bucs. So I'm going to give them the advantage uh, in a close game. But it's going to be a good one. Yeah, uh, two very talented teams and uh, a lot of hype around both of them. Um, but the yep. the Rams have the number two offense and the number one quarterback in Matthew Stafford by DVOA. Uh, they're going up a tough team in Tampa Bay with, with what they've got on defense. Uh, they like to blitz. They like to play two high shells, and, and that can be a problem. It forces teams to play patient uh, and take what's there underneath and be okay with, you know, three-yard run, four-yard run, seven-yard pass. 10-yard pass, three-yard run, and just matriculate the ball down the field slowly and not get too impatient and try to force things uh, downfield and sort of get off schedule because that's that's really what the Bucks want to make you do. Uh, and they've got speed to, to run and tackle and, and chase you down and minimize that yard after catch opportunity. So if you can just bite your time and, and um, wait for your opportunity when they go to one high and then take your shot, you're, you're going to have some opportunities there. You just got to be patient if you're the Rams. Um, uh, but but sort of like you said, that they, they got some horses on defense too. The Rams do, and and I like the way that they match up overall. I think it's going to be a pretty close game and, and go down to the wire. Um, but if you can, I, I think it may may come down to whatever team can run the ball better. Mm-hmm. Um, and if you can stay balanced and and within the frame of your offense for most of the game, I, I think that team is probably going to win. Um, and I think the Rams have a little bit more. Uh, there to be able to accomplish that than the the Bucks do. So I have the Rams ultimately winning thirty three to twenty seven. I am shocked that this game is in prime time. I mean, this is literally the NFL's dream: you know, an LA team versus Tom Brady, the biggest star maybe ever the NFL's ever had. Um, doesn't make any sense to me, but of course we're going to touch on this later. We're going to miss most of that game live. We'll have to watch it later. Uh, but next game we're talking about is the Eagles and Cowboys. Um, I didn't watch much of the Eagles week one. And watching them against the Niners, I came up with two takeaways. That Nick Sirianni is a better coach than I took him for. At least in the beginning, you know, in the offseason when he was mm-hmm. hired, never heard of him. And I'm like, hey, this guy, you know, he, he's a young coach. So he's not, his game plan won't be perfect throughout the whole game. But he is competent. He, he knows what he's doing. Um, but when you have a young coach like that who's going to make mistakes and going to kind of you know stray off of what's working with the team of the lack of talent that Eagles have, they still won't be good, but they'll be competitive. Uh, and the second takeaway is that Jalen Hurts, I still have no idea if he's good or not. There are some moments where he's throwing dimes and running all across the field and other moments where he is just making the wrong decision or a trouble pass. Uh, because of those mm-hmm. two reasons, I'm going to pick the Cowboys 28-17. Cowboys look very good this year, in my opinion, so far. Went toe-to-toe with Tampa. Uh, went toe-to-toe and ended up beating the Chargers in L.A. Granted, that's kind of more of a home game for them than it was for the yeah. Chargers. But still, I, it, anytime you went on the road against a quality team, that's huge. Uh, but I think um, these might be two best teams in NFC East at this point. Washington, they beat the Giants, um, but they didn't look all that great. And the Giants should have won that game, I think, as well. Um, Dak is on MVP level this year. I think he's going to have a ton of passing attempts against Philly, uh, who their run defense looked pretty good 
I mean, you know, they have Brandon Graham out for the season, which is quite unfortunate. Um, they know how to stop the run. They did a great job of that. Great scheme uh, to stop the Niners run. And I think the Niners run game is more potent than the Cowboys, even though Cowboys have better running backs with Zeke and Pollard. Um, I don't love their scheme per se. I think Pollard's even better than Zeke at this point, but that's by only my opinion. But I think the Cowboys uh, take care of this one easily. Their defense looks a lot better. Trayvon Diggs, stud in the making if he's not already a stud. Uh, so it'll be a comfortable win uh, for the Cowboys. In this game, it's on Monday Night Football. Uh, of course it is because every NFC East game happens to be in prime time at least once a week. So it's going to be a good one, I think, but it's going to be a comfortable Cowboys victory. Yeah, I also like what the Cowboys have done this this year so far, and I've also been impressed with with the Eagles so far. Uh, that yep. defense has, has been playing well, and... and I uh, did not expect that. I think that's one of the the bigger surprises for <laughs> yes. for for me as as far as the Eagles go. Um, I thought they would be relatively average on offense. Devontae Smith has looked solid. Um, mm-hmm. Jalen Hurts, I think, looks a little bit better than I I expected, and and a little bit more polished. And you know that that may increase as he gets more game reps and and starts cooking and and getting things done. And as Sirianni finds out what what he does well, they may may adjust and change and, and all that kind of stuff. But I think Eagles fans can be optimistic and, and pleased with how yep. things are going so far overall. Like they went toe to toe with the the 49ers and mm-hmm. really had some opportunity just to, to score that they squandered. Yeah. yeah. Um, so to to do that and to blow out the the Falcons the week before, I think Eagles fans have to be be encouraged, and I think this may end up being a, a pretty close game. I know you you think the the Cowboys are gonna gonna run w- away with it a little bit, but uh, if the the Eagles defense shows up like it did the the last two weeks, I, I think they're gonna keep it sco- uh, close and, and a low scoring game. Uh, ultimately, though, I think the Cowboys just have a little bit too much firepower, a little bit too 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 much of a talent discrepancy there on on the offensive side of the ball for the Cowboys. So I like the Cowboys to win in the end, twenty four to twenty. The Eagles all of a sudden have positioned themselves really well to be the kings of the NFC East in the near future. They have three first round picks in this upcoming draft, assuming Carson Wentz plays enough, yeah. which is you know kind of a big assumption. But if they can figure out the quarterback situation, whether it's Hurts or not. And pick up, you know, you know, a star pass rusher or you know, a star DB. They're in really good shape because the Cowboys, you know, they have their money locked in with guys. Uh, who knows if they'll stay healthy though? They've had some guys who get injuries, and then Reds football team. They don't have a quarterback. Giants or the Giants, and they're looking terrible as usual. So uh, as down as I was on the Eagles in the preseason, I think their outlook looks really good. So good for them. For sure, for sure, and don't hate on Taylor Heineke. Okay, he's <laughs> hey. he threw some dots. He threw some dotaroos. He uh, he won them he the game the when it mattered. He got got down the field, and even though they had lucked out with their kicker missing the field goal, um, they won, which is all Heineke's. That's his job. So good for them. But yeah. still, I'm not going to call him the franchise quarterback for the football team. We'll see by the end of the year. We'll, we'll <laughs> yeah, give, give me good, a good opportunity for him. Yeah, exactly. I don't think they'll be signing Cam Newton. I'll say that. No, I, I, I agree with that, but yes. Roll with Heineke. Okay, now we move on to the biggest game, not only of the year, maybe the decade, because we're going to go to it. Is <laughs> the Packers versus the Niners a podcast game. Uh, Sunday Night Football, under the lights, first game in Santa Clara uh, in two years. I mean, the, the first home game in general since, I think, last October when they had to move to uh, Arizona for a home game, so... Uh, I'm sure the crowd will be amped up. We'll be plenty of Packers fans as well. Uh, recent history shows this game will be a blowout either way. Last year, the Packers came to Levi's and I think won like 30 to 3 or 3 to 10. It was an ass kicking. And 
two years ago, the Niners beat the Packers pretty handily twice. Um, but I think this is going to be a close game. Uh, Rodgers is still the baddest man on the planet. I don't care all the negative you know, press around him. He's still a baller. And when it came down to it against the Lions, he showed up. Granted, it was throwing the ball to Aaron Jones in the flat, but it worked every single time, it seemed. Uh, and I think I think they're going to move the ball decently well against the Niners. Uh, still kind of banged up in the secondary. But I do worry about the uh, Packers' offensive line. Uh, without Bakhtiari, uh, it's been kind of a struggle for them, I think, early in the part of the season. And Nick Bosa, I mentioned earlier, three sacks so far this year. D4 looks good. Eric Armstead looks pretty good as well. So that's going to be, I think, a matchup to watch. I probably, I think you have a similar plan like you did with Lions. Get the ball to Jones, get the ball to Adams early while you can, and make them you know, make the corners tackle, make these safeties tackle. Um, the Niners' run game will need to get going. Uh, they might be on their sixth string running back. Uh, I honestly don't know who's going to play. It seems the guy who was knocked out unconscious, Trace Sherman, is the only guy who might be able to play. <laughs> so we'll, we'll see what happens. Uh, Jimmy can't make his bonehead move that he hasn't really made so far this year, but it's going to happen. He's going to throw at least one interception this game. I can come to terms with that, but as long as he keeps it to one and Niners can win the turnover battle by causing some turnovers, I like their chances. So give me a Niners 27 24 in a barn burner. Shout out to you, Cyrus. <laughs> uh, you may be concerned about the Packers offensive line. I'm concerned about the Packers defense because they haven't mm-hmm. been able to stop. Really, even Jared Goff for a lot of that. Like the Lions were moving the ball even when they weren't scoring. They, yeah. the, you know, they got some some turnovers and the ball was wet and some fumbles and that kind of stuff. But uh, they looked bad in the first half against the Lions. They looked bad the entire time against the Saints. Um, so I don't have very much confidence that they're going to get very many stops. And uh, the the main issue I think is a lack of ability to generate any kind of pressure without Zadarius Smith. Um, you know that Joe Barry and the, the Packers defense started to blitz a little bit more in the in the second half, and that helped against the Lions. But you expose yourself to some bigger plays and play action and stuff, which the 49ers, I'm sure, will find a way to take advantage of. Um, so if if the Lions can dial some shit up to to score against the Packers, I'm I'm scared to think about what <laughs> Shanahan is dialing up, and he's probably salivating right now. Uh, fully excited to uh, see this Packers defense. So it's, it's going to take a good night of offense from the Packers offense to, to go score for score with the 49ers. I, I don't think you can really expect uh, to have a ton of help from your defense. Uh, and I think that's the that's the biggest matchup there. If, if the Packers can force a couple turnovers, they're, they're going to have an opportunity. If they can't, um, regardless of whether it's Joe Schmo off the street or whoever <laughs> it is running for the 49ers, it's, it's going to be tough. Uh, the interior defensive line is not playing well for the Green Bay Packers either. So, um, you know, I think the 49ers can sort of just sort of pick and choose whatever they kind of want there. Um, but if Aaron Rodgers plays like he did last night or uh, uh, a couple nights ago on, on Monday night, uh, the Packers will have an opportunity. Um, but a really important game, I think, for the Packers because these are two games with the Saints and now the 49ers where – they could potentially be tiebreakers down the road for for playoff seating. Um, and if you lose both of those, you can you can have some trouble if you don't win your division and uh, potentially lose out on home games and and even a home field uh, or a, a bye week since you only get one of those uh, for for the playoff yeah. seating from now on. So uh, ultimately, I, I think I trust the 49ers a little bit more than I do the the Packers at this point. Uh, so I have the 49ers winning 30 to 26. Well, I mean, I'm not going to disagree with that, but something. <laughs> 
something we'll have to give when it comes to the Packers defense versus Niners offense. And it's, ob- it's obvious, the elephant in the room, my guy Kevin King is struggling. And that second cornerback yes. for the Packers is their weak spot. I mean, also in the defensive line you mentioned, but both weeks, you know, they didn't pick it on Kevin King or Eric Stokes even gave a touchdown, I thought, on, yeah. um, or on yeah, Monday against the Lions. So you have to test them deep. And the Niners have had one deep pass the entire year so far. And it was Debo Seaman for a touchdown, but the pass itself was underthrown by a good 15, 20 yards. So you have to stretch things out if you're the Niners. And that might involve bringing Trey Lance, you know, do, doing something, you know, play action with him or maybe RPO or something where you're just going to throw one deep and just stretch the defense out because the more stretched out they can get, the more running lanes you're going to have to take advantage of. And Niners doing a great job running the ball. Even though they didn't look great against the Eagles because they were putting eight guys in the box and kept blitzing. But they stuck with it, and when it mattered, got the first downs. Uh, but I, I think it's going to be an entertaining game. It, I, I kind of hope it's not a blowout because we're going, but at the same time, Niners with my 40 points. I'm not going to lose any sleep over it. <laughs> well, I hope it's not a blowout either because last time I went with Cyrus, <clears throat> for the last time we played in Sunday Night Football, and uh, yeah. that was not very uh, enjoyable for, for me to pay 500 bucks for a ticket and uh, watch the Packers get stomped and not even really be in the yeah. game for That game was over know, by like halfway. Quarter. Yeah. It was over the yeah. second quarter. It was like, yeah, because they were yeah. up like 28 7 in the second. I was like, yeah, this is. Yeah, it wasn't even anything to get excited about. Like, <laughs> well, I couldn't even cheer. I was, yeah, you know, it was, there's, it was there's nothing to do. Just sit there in silence and watch what's happening. It's, it's cry. Just cry. <laughs> have some $15 beers, yeah. you know? Oh, gosh. Well, don't worry. This year we get free food. Shout out to you, uh, Levi Stadium, <laughs> you for go. taking care of your season ticket holders by jacking the prices 15%. But don't worry. You get average condiment or average uh, concession food for free. So taking advantage of that. All right. All worth it. <laughs> Enough about our uh, pathetic lives. Uh what content you got coming up, Casey? Uh, you'll probably be happy about this one. I'm there doing one on Cliff Kingsbury and <laughs> the Arizona offense. And oh, yes. whether is he good, is he bad, is the offense sustainable? The, the Cardinals have had two pretty good weeks in a row now mm-hmm. on offense. But uh, there are some things that I'm noticing that uh, may, may not lead you to uh, think that the the offense can sustain that level of production all year. But uh, there are some encouraging things going on. Kingsbury has adapted a little bit, but it may not be enough. So that'll be out later this week, maybe on Friday, uh, on the YouTube channel or on the website. Well, I'll need to watch that just so I can you know, find new ways to make fun of Cliff Kingsbury. <laughs> uh, on my end, I got Brees Hall's scouting report. He is the Iowa State running back. He had All-American year last year, and this year a little bit of a struggle, but he's still a uh, one of the highest rated running backs coming into the 2022 NFL Draft. I mentioned this earlier. Next week, I'll do a little buy and sell on some NFL hot starts. Uh, and just talking about can these guys keep up the pace? We'll see what happens. I, I, to be fair, I have Debo Samuel in there as a hot start, and I'm saying, you know, sell. I'm saying sell. Then that, uh, this, big this, J this, journalist. Big, I, I keep it as unbiased as I possibly can. Uh, anything else we have for you for the audience listening at home? I thought that's all I got. That's it. All right. This is where Cyrus usually says something about Fresh Football Weekly. On the weekly spiral. <laughs> of course, he's not here, so I don't know it. So, well, I just want to thank all of you listening at home for listening to this. This is episode 109, and I hope you guys will all be back to join us next week. Until then, good night and good luck. Good luck.